Alejandra. I'm Sam. I'm Harrison. I'm Rocky. And I'm Marcelo. And this is Going Helm Steep, the Middle Earth film series retrospective by Talk Film Society. Episode 4 The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, Part 2. All right, folks, let's just jump into it. What are we talking about here? Oh, first off, how how y'all doing? Doing good? Doing yeah, pretty good. Doing Fucking great. cranky that my <laughs> that my cool booth is haunted. Ugh. Yes, so if you heard the last episode, Harrison had a little bit of an issue um, really translating his ideas about big horses because his connection <laughs> wasn't very good. So he's horse now... Horse boy. Horse boy, correct. Yes. He's now at a recording booth that is haunted because you will be hearing some crackling in the background unless Marcelo removes it. So he can't oh, win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no crackling. I'm on my normal recording tech, but I'm because Marcelo's like, no, fucking switch. Yeah, no, I, I'm sorry to do that to you, Harrison, but yes, as soon as I got on the call, I heard crackling that no, you're right. disturbed the hell out of me. So. No, you are absolutely right. I need to talk to the other people who have recorded in here and see how long it takes them to kick in. If it's like an hour thing, yeah. uh, then I will not spend an hour and a half talking to friends on Skype beforehand <laughs> next time. Because <laughs> uh, like we, I was fine before that. But hey, you are, uh, Harrison, you're in a, uh, a new place, which means mm-hmm. a new internet, which means hopefully better internet. So we'll, 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 hear, you, uh, we'll hear you cleaner. So hopefully, yeah, there you go. You sound pretty good so far. Yeah, gotta wait till you talk about horses and see what mm-hmm. happens. Can we talk about dwarf women? Now? Yeah, dwarf that, women. Hey, that that's that's yeah. where we're jumping in. Dwarf women. <laughs> <laughs> we're on. Let me set up a little bit in case you know people don't know the two towers part two. That's where we are right now. The second disc of the Blu-rays uh, and uh, Blu-rays and DVDs. Yeah, it splits up in the same place. Um, and if you're watching it digitally, you know, skip ahead until right after Sam and Frodo get captured and we're back to, uh, the, uh, the convoy, the caravan, the whatever. Yeah. I don't know what to call cause there's no vehicle. No, really. I mean, it's just really. people walking <laughs> the, the, the pilgrimage. I don't know. It's just these, these guys, they're escaping Helm's Deep and we jump to the conversation between Gimli and, uh, Eowyn, right? And uh, yeah, Gimli is saying, "Hey, here's some, uh, here's some, uh, here's some things you didn't know about uh, dwarves." So <laughs> there you go. How do we feel about this opening up this second part? Uh, I think it's so like perfect. Aragorn and Eowyn are so cute. They're so cute. This little uh, exchange, you know, of him saying the beards. Also, just crack me. I remember, you know, just cracking up in the theater, cracking up every time. Uh, it's just good stuff. It's just nice. It's warm. I like that. It's yeah. Uh, it's an intimate moment as opposed to like this like epic laying out of something like we've seen before. Especially because shit's about to get real. So <laughs> I think it, I think it throws exactly. fuel on the fire that Gimli is like the comedic relief at all times. Yeah, uh, it, it kind of adds to that, but I don't hate it. Like I think it's genuinely sweet and funny. And yeah, the beard where he's just like they got beards too, bro. Like <laughs> like the girls mm-hmm. do. Like I think that stuff works. It's fine. It's like a good laugh, you know. And it's also building towards the you know the little romance thing going on there between Aragorn and our girl. So I don't know. It works. It's yeah. fine. It's a nice, quiet moment, like you guys said. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Harrison, any thoughts on this opening? 
Eh, it's fine. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> okay, so the next uh, big chunk of the movie, which I forgot about, is all of this uh, Aragorn business um, with uh, good old Liv Tyler. Uh, and I, it's it's a good amount, guys. I'll just say I'll, I'll get off the get that off the table. I for, I forgot that there's a flash. No, there's a dream sequence, then a flashback. <laughs> no, yeah, and then yeah, then it transitions into the Kate Blanchett. I wrote down here halftime report, where uh, uh, is <laughs> basically saying, "Hey, here's what's happening. Remember, guys, you know the rings out there. Frodo's, you know, he's he's on this quest and." All of Middle Earth is counting on him. So yeah, so all this business happens. Uh, but yeah, but it yeah, but it begins with this uh, dream sequence with uh, Aragorn and uh, Erwin. So how do we feel about this? Because uh, from what I remember our, our, in the last few episodes, I know at least uh, Ali had some things to say about uh, Erwin. I mean, Ali, how do you feel about all this uh, plot with these two? I mean, I think, I, I don't know if I'm just an asshole or like, I hate all men, but Aragorn leaves a terrible taste in my mouth <laughs> because about this anyway, because y'all can't tell me he wasn't kind of leading her on a little bit. Who looks at another human like that? Maybe, maybe Aragorn, but whatever. Point is, I think that Arwen... <sighs> I wish I liked her more, you guys. I have nothing positive to say about her except that it's Liv Tyler. Yeah, she- no, I mean she's. I think she's fine. Like it, it gets the job done, and I'm not it like. Did. I'm not. I don't. I think it's fine. I, I'm not fully like invested. I'm not like holy shit. This is the love that spans like the ages. Unlike old men in Winona Ryder and Dracula, where you're just like, give me this shit. Like, like, give me all of it. Like, I don't know. It just it's fine. <laughs> but do you? But do you guys think that, like, if, like, if she wasn't a part of these movies, they would be that different? No. No, they don't give Arwen, they don't give Arwen enough, you know, like, she gets basically that badass moment in the, in Fellowship, and then that's kind of it. Then she's just like. she's lame and is all like, I'm going to relinquish my immortality to be with a man <laughs> and I mean I like those scenes just be- mainly but a lot of that has to do with again it's just how good looking Rivendell looks and how nicely lit it is and the, obviously the Howard Shore music and anytime Elvish is being spoken I'm gonna be like you know I'm gonna watch it but like yeah I agree with you that he, she's it's just a little frustrating is she, it, yeah. hers are another one of the scenes where I feel like whenever they're there I'm it's like alright time to check Twitter or whatever because like I, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of her but like I also I mean I love Liv Tyler but and not even like the deliveries are worth watching to me <laughs> whereas when I'm watching Eowyn like she's just selling it to me and also like I like that yeah she does have these warm feelings the way that Arwen does for man but like it's not the end of her the way that it would be for Arwen yeah, now I'm having a hard time remembering what happens with Erwin uh, and Aragorn in Return of the King, out of all things. Uh, he basically says, fuck off, I'm going to go hang out with some ghosts. <laughs> it is but a shadow that you love. I cannot give you what you seek. I'm going to use that. 
the next time I have to reject somebody <laughs> that I've been leading on. Marcelo said Aowen. I thought he said Arwen again, no, but just in a weird right? way. Okay. I for I forget. You mixed um, the <laughs> names to try and not be wrong. Are you talking about the brunette or the blonde? Wait, okay, hold on. Let me get it clear. So Arwen. I think that's who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. The stuff with Arwen. Elf. Elf. The elf. Okay. Um uh-huh. here's who I'm talking about now. Uh all, all of that stuff, I'm, I'm kind of with Rocky. It's, it's okay. It's fine. You know, but I just forgot that in this part of the movie, they really go for it. And I really only care because it's Liv Tyler and she's very pretty. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, like uh, Erwin is the is the most interesting character from this, you know, you know, uh, <laughs> a wannabe love triangle that is 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 not as interesting as it should be. So, yeah. And I have a question: uh, like, how much of this was uh, uh, f- uh, made up for the movie? Because uh, I think I, th- I, th- I think <laughs> like all of it, right? All of it, right? Yeah. As I, I mean- a- a- as I said before, there's a like. In the books, she's basically set dressing. Like, mm-hmm. she's there. Uh, Elrond points at her when he's talking... Basically points at her when he's talking to Aragorn. And is like, you're going to put a baby in that one day. And everyone yep. kind of goes, yeah, all right. And then they move on. Helm's deep in those guts. So basically, here's this very pretty elf who, at some point, they'll get married. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the only way you like would even understand any of their character drama is if you were familiar with the Ballad of Baron and Luthien, which ends up in the Cimmerillion. Uh, so, like, eh. But the crazy thing is, is, like, apart from the few scenes in Fellowship, Arwen is basically, like, only in flashbacks again until... or just not connected to any of them until the very end of the... Yeah. You know, that, that uh, coronation scene. Yeah, so, like, I have thoughts crazy. on that. I have thoughts on that one. Um, Which we'll get to. And I'm not like totally mad that she's she sucks because we have Eowyn. And also, a little bit of a fast forward here, but like I really like Toriel's character in The Hobbit, so I'm not mad that she Arwen rules. has like literally nothing to do in the Lord of the Rings besides save Frodo. And also, um, since we're watching the extended edition, like. I know some of this stuff was added in, right? I, I can't remember which parts. Maybe the dream sequence was added in. To- well, the nah, man. <laughs> Aragorn and Arwen. I know we're not going to get too far into this, but like the Aragorn and Eowyn, like you know, Aragorn saying he's eighty-seven. Oh, that part is not in the theatrical. Oh, Jesus Christ! But that was like that's all a, of the the most interesting thing. Of, yeah, but uh, <laughs> all the Arwen stuff is in. The theatrical edition. That's insane. I forgot about that. It's basically it. just Eowyn's like, who gave you that necklace? And then, so then that triggers him to have these memories of him leaving, you know, like the, and then, uh, and that happens for a while, so. Uh-oh. You will hear that, right? Yes. It's the haunting of the booth. <laughs> what the fuck? What the actual fuck? Okay, there's something in the walls of this goddamn room. (laughs) It's not the tech, it's the room. Okay, that makes me feel better. Okay, okay, good. Oh, (laughs) destroy the room. Destroy the room. Feel worse. So, are you are are you are you recording next to like an electromagnet or something, Harrison? Is your campus set up? I don't know. Next to next to the 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 
the atom collider, the Helldron collider. Um, no, I'm in the <laughs> I'm in the theater building. Like this is just a normal ass room. So it's, I don't know what the deal it's obviously is. Obviously haunted. We can all agree on that. So yeah. So uh, let's move on from because it, it's a nice big chunk that uh, begins the second half with Arrow yeah. with Aragorn's business. But then hey, we get to a battle. Okay, let's start with the battle. Oh, fucking wargs. Yeah, I love these wargs, man. They're scary what, and they're cool. What a cool sequence. What a cool sequence. <laughs> Hell yeah. Just the way it like they're you know they they the way the uh, Rohan dudes are like looking around and then. That, that shot of like looking up from the cliff, you know, or like you know, looking up at the cliff and the way the warg sneaks over is just—it's awesome. Legolas shooting those arrows and catching a ride is the best thing in the world. Like that—that—that <laughs> that, 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 that imagery, the slow mo on it—it's just magic to me. And that score playing too, I'm like, dude, yes. Like again, sells the fantasy that you're watching. Like there are certain moments, like I was putting out in the last episode with the uh, Gandalf catching the lightning and the sword and stabbing the Balrog. Like all that stuff matters. It feels like so beautiful and so well established. And Legolas, anytime he's shooting arrows in this movie, I'm just like, dude, yes, bring it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was um, or in any movie that moment um, when uh, Legolas, yeah, like Raku was saying, that weird reverse, like playing. I don't, I don't even know how they did it. <laughs> they, they 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 got a shot of Orlando Bloom jumping off a horse, then they just reversed it or something. No, Peter says it in the special features. All Orlando had to do was hold his arm up, and. That's it. And the moment the horses got to him, they just erased him out, and the rest of it's digital double. Wow! Like all he had to do was hold, hold. All he had to do was hold his arm up, and then they just did cartoonish shit right after that. And it's one of those great things where, like, yeah, it doesn't necessarily look. It doesn't look realistic at all. But it, like you said in the, I think you said that in the first episode, where like it adds to it. Like it just makes it feel like, oh yeah, that's an elf doing something that no one else would be able to do anyway. So it's it's cool. Yeah. Right, they got hollow bones and shit. They're good. Like, they can do weird. They can do weird shit. They're birds. Yeah, they're birdie. They're birdie-like. They technically have no mass. So wait, <laughs> <laughs> wait. And don't they like pop out of springs? Is that? Am I wrong about that? Like, am I thinking of something else? Serious? Like about elves? <laughs> they- yeah, I'm serious. Like, no, I'm dead serious. They have no elves weight. Technically, have no. No, they technically have no weight. That's Sick. insane. How? Okay. Like that's that's why on the the. Caradras scene in Fellowship, he's walking on top of the snow because there's yeah, nothing to push struggling. through. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that's a. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I knew a guy back when I was in uh, Tennessee for <laughs> real briefly, and he flipped out on that scene, like literally lost his mind, and he stressed the same thing. He was like, "The detail where they got the elf right," ah, and he was like bugging out, and I was like, "I don't understand you, but I feel you." Like, you know what I mean? Like. It's like noticing a cool detail in Star Wars that you're like, they paid attention to that shit. Ah! You know, that kind of thing. So it's fun. Yeah, I've, I've gone through my entire adult life up to this point not knowing that they have no mass. And now, I don't know, my mind's not blown, but like, it's like, uh, it's, 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 I'm perplexed, is what I'll say. <laughs> oh, this shit gets weird. I mean, yeah, if you dive into that Tolkien legendarium, it gets nuts, man. Like, they're. He went all out with this shit. It's it's great, and I barely barely scratched the surface. Uh, now these uh, these dog horse things. Oh, what are they called again? <laughs> Wargs. Wargs. Thank you. Um, was this how much of this did did they get right from the book? Not much. Well, doesn't doesn't Tolkien basically? It's been a long time since I read them, but doesn't he basically just like mention that action stuff happens and then just skips it? Yep. For the most part. Yeah. 
he constructs the books like a history book, so there's not really a whole lot of like actiony stuff. There's some, but it's not like because when he was writing, that wasn't like part of the style. Uh, that only happened when a- when cinema got super action heavy uh, toward the '80s, and books had to start reflecting it. Um, but yeah, like the whole build up to Helm's Deep, it focuses on the build up more and more and more. Uh, and he and then he's like, and then the day was saved by a couple of Dunedain and the weather and the blah 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 blah, and it's like two sentences. But he, like getting there, there's like, and then they were attacked by wargs. Some people died, but they fended them off, and it was fine. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so it, there's there's room for uh, interpretation, is what I'm is what I'm guessing. So <laughs> right, like they they incorporate the things that are meant uh, for the most part, like. They'll have the big event that he mentioned, but then most part, yeah, it's all just what what's cool, what works for character, what's going to be exciting to watch, and for the most, and it works like gangbusters. So yeah, Peter gets to go nuts. You know, it's fun. It's just like th- that's the thing I like about it. It's like I do respect the fact that the books and everything, you know, it's lore heavy, like big time. But it's fun to have these breaks of just like hey, or Peter Jackson, like smash things. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like go ahead and go yeah, bonkers and it's not for a little at the bit. Expense of the lore either. Like it's not like he sacrifices any of the lore stuff mm-hmm. for the action stuff. So I think I can really appreciate that. Yeah. And I mean, if anything, it this sequence makes the lore stronger because we actually get to see, like, the effect Aragorn has on animals. Like, the fact that he was able to befriend Brago to such the point that, like, he was, he fell off, and Brago was like, nah, I'm gonna go find you. You're cool. And came and woke him back up after falling off the cliff. Like, that actually, like, builds up Aragorn as a ranger rather than just royalty who has been predestined. (laughs) Yeah, I do like that moment. And I gotta give a shout-out to this, uh, the warg rider guy, the uh, had a tumble off the cliff. So good, yeah. one of my favorite orcs in the mo- in the movies, and it's uh, Jed Brophy, who's a Peter Jackson friend, and he's in he's one of the dwarves in the yep. Hobbit yep. films. Yep, yep. he plays yep. Yep. a bunch of orcs in this in these movies, I think. And he's been he's been with him forever, dude. Since like Heavenly Creatures, I think, if I recall correctly. Uh, big big fan of that guy's work and yeah that line that he delivers is wonderful like he's he totally believes he's a little orc <laughs> it's like so cool so good old aragorn takes a tumble off a cliff we don't see him we think he's dead right <laughs> no thank god no ali's like yes <laughs> uh but hey i don't honestly don't remember i don't remember if i thought he was dead or not i didn't think i didn't think he was dead i just thought that like we would go a long time without seeing him in the movies. <laughs> and you're <were> like, yes. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, yes. No more Mr. Broody over here. No, it's what I he love deserves. Aragorn, by the way, you guys. Can you tell? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, we, uh, we we take a break from him. And uh, what am I going to jump to next? Okay, how about this? Uh, I wrote down here, Dwarf Tears. <laughs> 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 yeah, the the moment where we see the uh, the mass army that's heading to Helm's Deep, that that right, yeah, they show the weakness of the Helm's Deep, and then they cut to yeah, yeah, uh, like how are we gonna? And yeah, Dorf being awesome, being you know about to maybe if he had put that candle down a little further, then the events of the movie <laughs> would play out very differently. Great joke, great joke. It's so visual and perfect. Love that joke. Yeah, the the, the timing of it is like amazing because it just 
<laughs> Christopher Lee just takes a moment, like, to let this scene breathe. It's like, don't put that fucking fire next to this, because we're all be fucking done, man. And he just says, it's, it's, he 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 uh, emotes that with no lines. Just you get you get it from the look of his face. Yeah, I'm sure Harrison has a lot to say about the uh, the bomb and uh, everything that's about to happen with Helm's Deep. Uh, get get some modernism up in here, Harrison. Oh yeah. Uh um yeah no the fact that like it's very very clearly like a this is the closest we get to World War II um imagery in in this like it's directly directly referencing Nuremberg um the Nuremberg rallies and um that kind of stuff um but no I'm trying to think like yeah the bomb of like the fact that like they also represent new industrial manufactured warfare that can like wipe out mass amounts of people very quickly uh emblemized by the bomb uh the idea that like nothing has breached the deeping wall to this point and the Uruks roll up and do it without any issue very much feels to me like a reference to long-range artillery that was starting to be used during world war one uh and the fact that they like pretty much mimic trench warfare uh, at the deeping wall, minus like you know actual trenches, um, seems seems to carry that thought forward. Love that history lesson. Yeah, see, I I, I love it when I learn things. I, just, I feel so smart yeah. <laughs> and dumb simultaneously. And I just love that line of it speaks to what Harrison was saying. Like I love the line of Worm Tongue. You know, uh, how can you know flame? Uh, take down stone. I, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, like basically, like, how can fire undo stone? There you go. Yeah, <laughs> very easily. It turns out. I, I know that because I'm playing the film again in the background, and that scene is happening now. Um, yes, but yes, but yeah. This moment of uh, worm tongue, like you know, there is no such force, and then and this shot still is incredible. I mean, like they invented the technology, you know, the massive technology to make the basically they like, don't you know, replicate. Uh, crowds of people for the scene and so this is one of the first scenes to ever use that technology and the fact that it still looks incredible just speaks to the filmmaking how come worm tongue didn't hear that fucking army bro like <laughs> where, that, that line doesn't even that line doesn't even work man uh, where was worm tongue this whole time <laughs> yo for real though like i made that comment about uh the the orcs sneaking up on Aragorn and Frodo at Amundsen, like fucking triple, triple, quadruple that here. Like you've got ten thousand orcs hanging out outside, and they're all like, "Quiet, quiet, 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 quiet." We gotta wait until they walk outside. Quiet, 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 quiet. Okay, go. I'm just imagining Saruman going like, "All right, everyone, I want to freak Worm Tongue the fuck out." No one talk. Yeah, no silence. Breathes. Dude, it was silence and then Coachella. <laughs> like, you're just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, come on. But oh, it's God. so great. Because Durf's tear is the best thing in the world. Come on. Like, that single tear that he lets down, he's just like, holy shit. He's just like, it's going like, to go down. And he, not even that, he's also having to come to grips with the fact that, like, oh, this is what I have done to my own people. Like, y'all, I fucked up. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, so that single right, tear is him like actually realizing what he's wrought upon the world. Frightening awe is what I like uh, in that face. Uh, okay. So, hey, the trees. All right. The ants 
to be more specific, Harrison. Don't be calling them trees. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you mean to be more specific? They're just called ants. <laughs> We called them trees. All right. Oh, fuck. Oh, oh, yeah, trees. Whatever. I'm... Yeah. (laughs) So what's going on with Merry and Pippin and these ants, guys? Uh, I mean... Just walking There's walking and talking. talking. Uh, I I mean, we we, we don't see a lot of that. We we don't really focus on that until Helmsteep, right? When we cut back and forth on uh, Merry and Pippin... You know, con- trying to convince the trees to get in this thing, to get in the fight, right? Which I, mm-hmm. I always love that aspect, like uh, because it, it plays to that theme that we'll see more played into in, in Helm's Deep, of like, yeah, we're all in this together, right? You can't just sit around and just watch things happen. You gotta, you, you- yeah. I love, I love Monahan and uh, Boyd in this scene, I'd like, and a lot of it's just these close-ups because, like, they're. Uh, you know, talking to giant trees or giant giant ants, uh, and so like, but it works because it's just very personal. Them trying to, you know, convince the ants to get involved because they want to help their friends in some in some way, uh, and it's just wonderful. I, I love these guys. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, it, it, because again, I love that they're jokesters. These guys. There's they're, from the start, they're like, yeah, goofballs, uh, Mary and Pippin. But then when things get sh- when the shit gets serious, they get serious. <laughs> so yeah, those close-up shots of um, I forget which one it is, guys. I'm sorry, but um, it's a, it's either Mary or Pippin. Like Mary, I think Mary. Yeah, where Mary's like part of this world. Like, what thing? are you doing? He's like, yeah, you have to yeah. be a part of this world. So yeah, so I again we said this in the last episode, you know, screw anybody who doesn't like the ant stuff in this in in this series because I think that plays Probably so well. Republicans. Yeah, Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> no, especially in this, especially in this film. I mean, the yo. ants are magic. Go ahead, Harrison. yo, yo, yo. The fact that like he's like the the conversation, well, the the reaming. Um, Mary is giving the ends of like you're part of this world too you have a stake in this fucking buck up and fight you can't just bury your head in the sand I'm like huh this is almost applicable to climate change at this point (laughs) and the fact that he's literally reaming trees about it uh and that read is almost um furthered by the fact that like the thing that gets him into it is seeing literal environmental destruction at the hands of industrialism like the themes carry forward modernist modernism by nature carries forward towards like climate activism except for the parts of modernism that turn towards fascism but let's not talk about that today (laughs) not today not today um not this day not this day another can of worms i like how pippin kind of tricks treebeard into helping like at first like he's like yeah, let's go south near Isengard. It'll it'll work. Uh, and I love the the three beers. Probably my favorite line in the, of the series is him saying, uh, "That doesn't make any sense to me, but you are very small, and it's great. I love it." <laughs> All right, so those are the tree. Sorry, ants. <laughs> well, Thank you. I wanted a uh, hate speech, microtransgression against <laughs> microaggression against. Ants. Okay, time out. Do ants smoke trees? Because there's that moment where like the ant bends down and looks at them smoking out, and you're just kind of like, did he join in? No, nah. like, they, they cut. They cut too soon. Or would that be like a chicken eating chicken? 
or like a pig eating like you know bacon. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Like a spider okay. ham eating a hot dog. I mean, it's it- definitely some cannibalism. <laughs> okay, but spider hams hot dogs were people. What? <laughs> they cut it what from the movie because it would be too dark. But that is actually a thing that was going to happen. Like Great the joke. spider hams hot dogs are people. Well, could actually that makes <laughs> that makes me happy actually. Uh, all right, yeah. So okay, uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm kind of with like yeah, like they they uh, as as Mayor Pippin are saying, it's like hey, you know, let's not tell the ants this because it'd be like uh, smoking their like great grandfathers or something. It's like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it would be cannibalism, I think. All right, mm-hmm, absolutely. So Sam and Frodo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, they were they were kidnapped. They were taken by these oh mysterious God. figures. <laughs> The rangers the, from Gondor, yes, which we find the out. Rangers from Gondor, uh, and it is revealed uh, as as they're being interrogated that uh, yes, the the lead guy here who took him is a brother of somebody who they <laughs> brother of Boromir Faramir. My bae. I love this scene so much. Yeah, I like all of his stuff. Actually, I'm a big fan yeah. of his character. I'm a really Thanks. big fan of him in this film. I, I don't know too much of him in the books. I'm gonna be honest, but man, the the film version of this dude is so like troubled, and he's so you haunted man. by his shitty dad. And like, mm-hmm. it's such a relatable character. I mean, my dad was cool as fuck, but I'm just saying, like, you you, you understood his plight. You know, you you understood like he was in the shadow of his brother who was adored mm-hmm. even more. Like, you totally get it. You know, and you eventually grow to really love this guy. You know, by the film's Imagine end. Imagine Sean you know? Bean being your brother <laughs> i would have a complex too oh. sean bean was my brother <laughs> that is true <laughs> so i love this is the stuff i love and i know for sure that they added all this in the extended edition is the flashback right with, yeah with uh sean bean as uh why did i forget the name boromir, boromir. boromir. i'm gonna say that again Jesus. Listen. Why the fuck do we like? Why do we let you on this podcast if you can't get the bare minimum right? God damn. I wrote down all these names, but they all look the same to me. <laughs> uh, Boromir. Oh, so all white names look the same to you. Okay, cool. Yes, Jack. I mean Harrison. God damn. <laughs> Tom, Dick, Hank, Harrison. There it is. Fuck. Horse boy. So all boy. So all this stuff with uh, Boromir, uh, Sean Bean. Mm-hmm. I it, Yeah, it, they, they, they put all this in the extended edition, right? Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, for me, uh, this is probably my favorite deleted, like, of the extended scenes that are added back in that I think, it honestly, it was lesser without it. And there's another one in Return of the King, which I'll mention in, the, in that episode. Uh, but yeah, this scene is pivotal to both their arcs and also a little more, you know, that we already disliked Denethor before we meet him in uh, Return of the King. Denethor. The great John Noble, uh, who plays this piece of shit wonderfully. Uh, and I, I love this sequence and the, it's just great. He's rousing in that speech, isn't he? Like, you yeah, just kind of, yeah. like, you you just love it, man. Like, the way he screams for Gondor, all that stuff, you're like, dude, I love this shit, man. Like, it, it's such a... You you believe it. You know, you believe his jubilance. And, and then the whole, like, again, you're seeing, like, the father-son dynamic of, like, you're a piece of shit, family. <laughs> I, I, just, I really love all that stuff. I do. And I, I'm, I'm so mad that they cut it because when I saw that extended scene, I was like, dude, that's something you should have kept. Like, that's wonderful meat and potatoes. And it adds to uh, fucking Boromir in, you know, the first film. Potatoes. 
Yes. Like, we can't say potatoes on this podcast without saying it correctly. Potatoes. Thank you. Oil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. But yeah, just <laughs> the way Noble says a chance for Faramir, son of Gondor, to sh- to um, to show his qualities. Like, fuck you, dude. Like, he yeah. shouldn't have to prove dick. He's done his, du- he's done his fucking best. Mm-hmm. Like, he does his job. Well, yeah, and then that also that line, it there's a the line later that Frodo gives back to Faramir makes no fucking sense because that scene's not in it because yeah, which which we'll get to later towards the end. But uh, and I also love this little beat, uh, the little touch of like when their dad shows up and Boromir's like, ah oh, fuck, like he's like <laughs> we can't have a moment peace. Like you can tell that like Denethor just always up in Boromir's shit, like uh, mm. just a con- you know. The definition of a helicopter parent, uh, and like, like and, and, and your son's like thirty five, like like he's in his forties. I think he can. Uh, he's off and a like, little bit. He rolls up and starts giving Faramir shit for like losing the city. Like, I'm sorry, Osgiliath is the least defensible city in the entire fucking continent of Middle Earth. Like, you dropped, right. the, you took a city, you built a city in the middle of fucking nowhere, like half a block from Mordor, on the coast of a river. Like, bruh. You are gonna get it. You are gonna get it taken. He's popping yeah. off. Like, don't get Harrison. mad at Faramir. Get mad at Numenor for thinking building there was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Numenor ain't shit. Yeah, for sure, man. It's such a great, uh, thematically, though, too, like, that they keep trying to save this city that's worth nothing just because, you know, that's his one thing. It's basically his one thing as steward is like, we gotta keep kicking the orcs out of there because it's what I can see from my house. I just love that Harris really popped up <laughs> on him right now. Nobody seems to be thinking that's funny too. <laughs> oh, it, it is. I get that's one an funny. episode. Yeah, <laughs> talk your shit. It's like it's like you like you, you had that pent up for so long, Harrison. Oh, God, I fucking hate Denethor so goddamn much. All against the dads, like in, in the Fellowship episode. He laid into Elrond. Uh, Yo, Elrond's a fucking square. Mm. <laughs> Alright, so. Elrond shouldn't need Galadriel to fucking t- give him this whole big ass speech and then have it end in, you know this. Like, bitch, you know, you literally know this already. You don't need a goddamn refresher course. You were there. You were goddamn there. Sorting shit out, elf daddy. Goddamn. Also, learn how to use some goddamn mail. Fuck. There you go. Hey. Harrison's rant corner. Like, UP, uh, you just send Narsil through UPS. Don't walk it halfway across Middle Earth. Fuck. <laughs> That's next week. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, just, just save the energy for, for the next episode, Harrison. Mm. All right, so let's talk about Sam and Frodo and Gollum and all this stuff. Well, not Gollum, Smeagol, I guess, at this point, because Gollum is Smeagol now because they had that uh, bickering amongst themselves. Yeah, he's full on Smeagol right now. He's full on But yeah, but uh, Smeagol uh, doesn't uh, doesn't uh, take things too uh, well when Frodo apparently betrays him. Yeah. So yeah, that, I get that. Yeah, I, I get it too. I mean, um, uh, that scene in the pool. Which okay, when I watched this this time, and this is me probably, probably being very stupid, but enlighten me. So when Faramir's like, Faramir's like, hey. Gollum's or Smeagol's in like this pool and the penalty to get in the pool is death. That's just a lie, right? That's just a setup. Yes. Okay, good. Okay. I mean, yeah, it is a sacred pool. 
but there's not like a we're not, we're not going to kill you if you go in it. Okay. And like the only reason there is the penalty of death is because their base is right next door. It's more of a safety precaution thing, and they're just trying to like fuck with Frodo. Okay. Okay. Like, yeah. Ugh. See, I, I think for the longest time I thought he was serious. But now watching this time, I was like, wait, no, it's not. It's just a lie. Just to, you know, get Frodo just to confess. So, yeah. Nah, it's just a fucking pond. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think this scene's also trying to just make you doubt Faramir a little bit. You, like, don't know what his, if you haven't read the books, like, you just don't really know if he's going to be a lot like his brother or if he's going to be, you know, but we find out that he's one of the more pure characters in the. I don't know. Even if you've read the books, the changes, like the fact that he is susceptible to the ring throws everything into doubt. Like in the book, he literally, like I've said this a couple of times before, but the fact that he in the books tells Frodo, I would not pick up that ring if it laid by the wayside. Like at that point, you're like, oh, cool. He's fine. Like he's a good dude. Nothing bad's going to happen while they're, while he's there. But in this, once he's like aware of the ring and starts getting his little shifty eyes, like, Okay, who knows where this could go? Like you, yeah. Like, I guess there is that scene where he's like, when he's like looking at the ring, and he does start, it does start doing that, you know, making the sound weird, and it's got it that, start, you know, it starts singing to him. Yeah, and and it goes to like what Rocky was saying too. I love uh, Faramir because yeah, you don't know exactly where he's coming from until he makes that, you know, grand decision at the end, which we'll talk to, which we'll talk about uh, once we get to it. But yeah, it's still at this point, you just don't know about the guy, especially when. <laughs> He's be- his manner beating the shit out of Smeagol, which is terrible. Yeah. Now, all of that adds to what uh, that family comes from, though, because we saw Boromir instantly be like, we should use it as a weapon. And then he had to get checked at the Fellowship, you know, before the Fellowship was established. And, um, and it adds to, again, the family drama. It's like, maybe I should use this to save my home, you know, Gondor, you know. It totally adds to all that shit. So, like, I don't care if he got a little weird and different from the books. You know, like, it actually sells his character even further. And, again, uh, he turns out cool in the end. We love him. Yeah, <laughs> I do for sure. And, uh, yeah, more more uh, circus genius here, yeah. too. Uh, both him at the pool. Uh, there's that great his line delivery of... Uh, we must go now is so good like that it's just i love it uh it's just seared in my brain like i uh i think my every time i watch this with the family they're always like you know annoyed that i'm gonna quote that like eight times in a row uh, <laughs> and guys but then also just him uh, him on. crying like once uh he gets every beat up and like he's there uh like Gollum comforting smeagol and the way faramir is like looking at it he's like really troubled by it but also kind of like sees it as an opportunity but at the same time he's like shit this is like what the warring side i'm like witnessing a man's soul being ripped apart like it's 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 great it's fucking deep man and i just want to backtrack to when yeah when uh frodo is luring poor smeagol he's like uh, this is why i feel so bad watching it this time smeagol is like it's like a puppy He's like, okay. It's awful. Yeah. Is it, he's got the fish. Well, he even like keeps the, he's got the fish in his mouth. Yeah. Like it's like a toy. Like, huh? <laughs> he's adorable. Can we just yes. agree with me for once? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. For, first time agreeing with you, Allie. Forever. Uh, ever. Yeah, ever. <laughs> yes. He is super adorable. Um, it, it's those eyes. It's those, and it's, uh, yeah, we talked about this before, right? It's, it's Circus's eyes that they used, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ah, uh, so good. Yeah. So, yes. Hey, you know what? Faramir finds out that... Uh, it's, it's at this point, right, that uh, he finds out about the ring, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, this is where he decides, yeah, I'm going to take him... I'm going to take you guys to my dad. 
right? And I think, listen, I'm leading us all towards Helm's Deep, if, if anybody's like wondering what's going on here, right? Have we covered everything leading up to Helm's Deep now? Now we just need to talk about Aragorn coming back. Oh, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, so about that. Which will, so that lead, which will funnel directly in. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah he, here I, we go. We're leading toward, mm-hmm. we're, we're right on the direct path to Helm's Deep now. But I adore this, this, I, this is a, just a beautiful scene with uh, Grego, you know, saving... Uh, you know, pulling Aragorn out of the river. Uh, yeah, just a gorgeous uh, scene. Like I, I, that's a wonderful sequence, man. Like just him f- being fished out of the river. There's something very majestic about that. Very fantasy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh, oh, we need to get into the whole like him coming home and being like pushing those doors open like a champ. I brought this oh, up on yeah. uh, like an earlier episode, but that's some Superman shit. Yeah. That's just some like, you, you can't kill me, son. <laughs> and just like coming through the doors. Like that, that is a awesome shot. Like a really, really awesome shot. And again, foreshadowing like the Kings coming home, dude, like that kind of shit. Like it's really cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I, I love that little shot too. Right. It's it's iconic. It's like, Hey, yeah, the big guys in town again. All right. And, uh, <laughs> And of course, uh, Aowen takes notice um, in a little moment that I was found was odd, and <laughs> because it's when um, Legolas gives back uh, Aragorn uh, his uh, little necklace, his little pendant, whatever that he got from Arwen, and uh, even star, please. Jesus Christ. Wait, say again? Thank you. His little pendant. His, his little pendant. Necklace. I don't know. The <laughs> even star. The even star. Thank you. Feel free to scream at me, everybody. Uh, I'll be, you guys already do. But uh, Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> I'm just here to really correct Marcelo because I'm so sorry you're the punching bag of the years of being corrected by men, but I'm about to pop off. Listen. Do it. Do, do it, it, girl. Do it. So the pendant. It's an, uh, no, it's fucking... even star. Ugh. The evening star. What is it? What is it? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, How do you boot someone from a Skype call? Fuck. Tolkien is rolling in his grave. <laughs> that's, the, that's the name of the podcast. Tolkien rolls in his grave. But yes. Oh, uh, I, w- I will remove you from this call. The Evan star. The Evan Evan star? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe it's pronounced that way. Right. Evan, even. It's fine. Else. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not pronounced that way, but okay. The Chris Evan star? Evan star. The Evan star. Uh, yes, and, and Erwin, uh takes notice. And she's like, oh, that's right. Uh, Aragorn is uh, his heart somewhere else. So, yeah. Uh, again, like every, every little, every shot, every insert shot, every close up shot I see of Erwin, I'm like, yeah. Why, <laughs> Aragorn? You stupid idiot! <laughs> it's like why? Yeah. Also, like, it's just a really shitty move politically. Like, let's think <laughs> about this. Like, the fucking shield maiden of Rohan has the hots for the former king of Gondor. We could build an alliance between these two kingdoms that would stand for like, who knows how goddamn long? But instead, nah. Let's shack up with this elf lady when the elves are all fucking dipping out. Like, that's a great idea. With my fucking cousin. That's a great idea. Ugh. Love is strong. God. I love this. Uh, so there's a... I'm not sure exactly... I'm forgetting, you know, the order exactly, but there's this great Eowyn moment where she, uh, you know, says that uh, they're going to have her in the caverns, you know, with the women and children and the elderly folks. Uh, and she just gives this badass speech about, you know, 
that she deserves, you know, she wants to be out there, you know, fighting. Uh, and Aragorn's like sympathetic about it, but then he's also like, you know, I can't overrule, you know, what the king says. But uh, it's just Eowyn. It's all building to that, you know, the wonderful moments we know uh, in Return of the King. So yeah, she's like, "What is this? The final season of Game of Thrones?" <laughs> <laughs> Helmsteep. I think we finally arrived at yes. the Battle of Helmsteep, right? Uh, and still the best battle on film and television of all time. Yeah. I mean, we uh, we were talking off mic, and I think a few episodes ago, too, we mentioned, like, yeah, um, certain... I don't know about that, but uh, we'll see. Certain, certain shows, <laughs> uh, certain shows or even films or whatever, they have made claims like, yeah, we're going to make something that's better than Helm's Deep. Has that ever happened where something... No. Nope. <laughs> right away. Nope. No, right? I'm, I'm in agreement, uh, agreement. Like, what tops this? I, I, dodgeball I mean have you seen the battle sequences in that film dodgeball I mean come on like they smoke Helmsteep dodgeball a true underdog story uh, yeah you may have a point there uh, but no this this whole sequence is incredible it still holds up well, seven, 17 years later I want to like talk about this for a second but when I when the whole Game of Thrones thing happened with you know the battle that was supposed to like outdo Helm's Deep, everyone kept trying to be like, oh, your TV's just on the wrong setting, or you're watching on your phone, so you're not going to be able to see anything, but like, I've, I've watched Lord of the Rings on the same exact TV, and I don't have that fucking problem, <laughs> so what are you trying to say? But anyway. Yeah. Needless to say, this is still the best fucking choreographed battle I've ever seen on film. It's the best, like, scored soundtrack, not soundtrack, battle scene I've ever seen. It's so good. I can sometimes I just watch this battle and that's it. I'm just like, you know what I'm feeling like today? Let's watch Helms Deep. <laughs> yeah. Like it's why I watch movies, frankly. Like when I, I I'm a Star Wars kid primarily, so that's all model shots and that's all, you know, every trick in the book, basically. And Helms Deep is every trick in the book. It's a ton of like miniatures, it's a ton of model shots, it's like they blow shit up for real. There's like CG. There's like, it's like everything. I mean, we even got like Legolas doing the tricky stuff, you know, sliding down the stairs, all this stuff. Like it, it goes off on all fronts. And by the time the sun comes up, it's still going. Like it's still kicking ass and still moving at, at full tilt. It's like, again, it's like, it's magic. It's why you go to the fucking movies. It's like when they can combine all these cool effects together to sell a sequence, that's why you're there. That's like the whole point of the shit. And Helm's Deep is forever. I mean, there's so many images in there that you will always remember forever. Just the way the Orakai are like screaming and charging into combat, the way the one dude's about to light the torch underneath the bridge and he's just like being cheered on by everybody. Like all of that stuff clicks. Like all of it is fascinating. And again, I wouldn't trade anything Gimli and Legolas say to each other for the world. Like that whole like we're about to go down together shit is amazing like i love all of that stuff and it makes you just happy that you went on this journey with them from film one to this moment you know no matter how it pans out so yeah helm's deep for life it's the best love that rocky i like pelinar fields more (laughs) (laughs) oh boy like there's no reason for me not to bring it up this fight's great like Helm's Deep is the fucking greatest. It's incredibly choreographed, and like, yes, it's very clearly the most actual, practical shit. But Pelinor Fields, yo, like 
Uh, there's yeah, that just, was pretty good too. There's so many. I just think the moving parts are. I think the fe- the way they juggle all of the moving parts on top of the siege stuff on top of, like, I don't know. We'll talk about that. In, oh yeah, in we're, we're gonna go off on that. Trust me. We spent the whole episode just on that battle because that shit. Because it's so Please. big, it's so expansive. But like, as a microcosm and like an actual depiction of warfare with the not well, pretty close to accurate depiction. Uh, like it just it owns. I have oh. one very large problem with it, um, and that's that uh, bows don't fire in the rain. Oh, this is awkward. Like, the strings get damp, and they don't elastic back as quickly uh, in order to get the the force, so it's just, nah. It's an extreme nitpick, but, like, I might as well bring it up now, because, you know, that's <laughs> what we're doing. Now this has been ruined for me forever. Yeah, well, <laughs> Thank you, Harrison, yeah. horse boy. Uh, there's fucking dragons and fell beasts and balrog, so I can, I mean... <laughs> And I mean, you're right, like, for a world where apparently the middle of the goddamn night is just as brightly lit as, the more, as like, the rest of the day, but just blue, like, yeah, it makes sense that arrow, arrows can be shot at in the pouring rain. Now the only thing I'm going to think of when I watch this is, that can't even happen in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Every, that can't even happen in real life. Everything else is plausible, 100%. This is the one thing that's going to get to me. <laughs> well, again, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. just about like, what, 30 minutes ago, I was blown away by the fact that uh, elves have no mass. So why not, <laughs> you know, in this world, have bows and arrows that work in the rain? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right? Yeah, suspension of disbelief, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just can't imagine the sequence without it pouring rain. Yeah. Because it's just fucking incredible. Uh, I said this on Twitter that, like, Every time the rain starts clinking on the armor, I just become a ten-year-old kid again. I just like it's just a little. It's that little detail. It's like, fuck, this is gonna be bad. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, and it's perfect because obviously we're, how it ends with uh, the sun coming. It's just oh my god, it's it's perfect. Yeah, I know we keep saying that word. Maybe we should just call that perfect. Is that the title of the podcast? Perfect. The perfect podcast. Uh, this also adds to why I love Thaddeus um, so much. Uh, he's willing to like fight alongside like everybody. Like he is calling shots and he is telling you know people to you know do their shit. You know fight and combat. But he's actually there in the front lines telling him to hold the door. You know he's like stabbing through the door and shit. So you're just like I like this dude. You know he's actually there like you know in the trenches with his people doing his thing. And yeah, he's he had a tough choice to make. So I don't know. Do you want to g- get to like the end where he's just like suiting up? almost for like the last time what may be the last time should we get into the sequence or just do we need to talk a little more about homestead yeah we we can jump around let's, let's talk about that sequence because like that is um wait the, the sequence where he suits up at the end and he rides out is what you're saying rocky yeah yeah he's just kind of like uh my men will follow me to whatever end kind of shit you know what i mean like that i love that stuff it's great but we also skipped over talking about all of the actual prep work that they're showing like we just launched right into the actual fight and i think the prep work to get like the build-up to the actual fight is so so good like we didn't even talk about how deer rolling up with the lorian elves you're right oh yeah yeah let's let's go back then and even like all that setup something that will burn in my mind maybe forever is like the fact that they're like yeah let's get you know pretty much all men and also <laughs> like 
kids too. Uh, like, it's, isn't there like a, a moment when like they pull on, like a, a helmet and like give a kid a sword? And it's like, here you go, kid. Well, yeah, they're like ripping yeah. kids away from their mothers, and there's weeping. You know, this is if this isn't World War One shit, then they're not. You know, like it's, yeah, and like uh, Gimli, Gimli and Legolas specifically are like most of these men have seen too many winters and some too few like it's absolutely the idea of like with the kids especially this loss of youth like an entire like pretty much an entire generation of young european men died in world war one which is what fed into the nihilism and hopelessness of stuff like the wasteland and uh spring and all uh by william carlos williams uh, a lot of that stuff is extremely grim and not happy with the state of current affairs because it's like, how do we let Europe self-destruct like this? With here, you can kind of like Tolkien very clearly is pointing at industrialism as a whole and like being like industrialism bad, Grr, which yes and no. Um, but the fact that they they don't. Jackson and co don't shy away from it, which makes this whole sequence super duper cool. Like they kind of, they re- almost revel in the, the hopelessness and the futility of it. Like Aragorn and Legolas's shouting match about like, these men are all going to die. And then Aragorn breaking out of Elvish to scream. And I shall die as one of them. Like, dude, we don't want to demoralize them anymore going into this fight. Mm-hmm. Like, don't like we were speaking elvish for a reason don't say the quiet part loud yeah um <laughs> but so, it's so great it's so yeah, good though <laughs> but the fact that everyone is still like no we have to do this we ha- like without if we don't defeat the Ur- like to paraphrase uh neon genesis evangelion <laughs> if we don't defeat the uruks we have no future <laughs> so it's it's this sense of collectivism in the face like collectivism and last ditch effort in the face of utter cataclysm and the fact that they come out on the other side of it alive is really heartening yeah and thank you for throwing anime in there too harrison you're yeah. yep yeah. Rocky, you want to bring up destiny <laughs> no i got nothing man. Uh, <laughs> just wait for it no, not right now not right i don't now. know i don't know helm's deep is kind of like the hell mouth all right uh, <laughs> I don't oh, know. No, you're fine. Let me. No. Uh, <laughs> let me. I, I, I wanted to just uh, go back uh, a moment, touching on what Harrison said. When yeah, when Aragorn, Aragorn, and uh, Legolas have that back and forth, and like Aragorn is like, yeah, I'm gonna die. With, I'm gonna die right along with him. Later on, a, a great character moment is when Legolas comes up to him and goes, basically like, I was out of line. Sorry. Uh, let's do this <laughs> thing. So I, I love again these these little character moments throughout between these characters. Yeah, uh, uh, it wouldn't be the same without him. You know, I know we're like the movie's heading towards this giant battle, but without all this small character stuff, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah, yeah, and I love the I love anytime uh, like Aragorn. They really sell the uh, fact that Aragorn and Legolas have been friends for like you know fifty or more years, uh, and so like I love that, and so I love that the history is clearly there, uh, and I and then obviously you know. That is no orc horn. Uh, one of the best and most overquoted lines, of, which is fine. I get it, but uh, it's, it still works every time. And with elves coming up. Oh my god, the score! Fucking Howard Shore, oh. man. <laughs> yeah, god, dude. When the elves join the fight, you're just like, 
let's fucking go, man. Like, this is so, it's so cool. It's so sweet. And it just adds to the whole, like, you know, the prologue that you saw at the very, very, very beginning when you saw, you know, Elf and Man fight alongside each other to, you know, save the day. And it's super important that they go back to that because they lost mm-hmm. it at that point. You know what I mean? And it's so sweet that we're seeing the first steps like towards yeah. that so it's, it's it's awesome dude like I, it really touches me and yeah sam that score you're just like oh i love these elves bring it <laughs> yeah and and was it early we skipped over a moment between uh aragorn and uh theoden where theoden is like yeah we're basically alone here you know forget anybody else oh. especially gondor you know fuck, where was gondor, where was yeah, gondor? I love that. yeah. <laughs> but hey yeah again yeah like rocky said hey uh, elves come in and they're like, "Hey, let's let, let's 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 help each other out. Let's start the process anyway of helping each other out." So I love that. And, yeah, and Aragorn's sprinting at him uh, for a hug. <laughs> the best, the best. How do your fucking rules? But oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> so Jesus. I can't. Rant I can't remember. <laughs> Give us I the cannot lore. remember. I cannot remember if this is in the appendices. It probably is. Because I have seen footage of the dailies where Arwen was here instead of Haldir. If they had just let Arwen come to Helm's Deep and fucking fight and actually fucking do something instead of just sit in Rivendell and be sad, she'd be a much better character. Interesting. I, I'm Arwen. Holy shit. I, I don't think I knew that. I don't know. Well, well, Can't I, I, the appendices yeah, again. I need to rewatch the appendices then. That would have yeah, been something. Like she, they, she was there. They filmed her fighting at Helm's Deep, and then we're like, eh, "It's too Xena Warrior Princess. We should, we should not do this. It feels out of whack with the rest of the stuff we've been doing." So instead of her getting to actually, you know, fight for her man and not just be sad all the goddamn time, and it, like I know I'm being a little reductive. She's fighting for the rest of Middle Earth too, <laughs> not just her man. Um, like just, yeah, it would have improved her character so so much. Just so much instead of her just being grumpy and sad and depressed. Ugh. I don't know. Yeah, again, she's reduced to the sidelines. We don't we don't see her for the rest of the movie, right? For, yeah. No, yeah. After it almost all, makes you wonder if yeah. again we'll get more, you know, not to hobbit much, but uh, you know, like it makes you wonder if Tauriel wasn't a direct like all right, we fucked up a little bit. That's what it seems you know, like. like I really yeah. think it, it is. It seems like that to me, too. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. I think I think they hired her because they, they were... Wait, which came first? Forgive me. Is it Armageddon or Lord of the Rings? Armageddon came first. Oh, okay, so so Armageddon is like basically her down on Earth screaming into monitors and crying yeah. the whole movie yeah. for the most part. And I think that's kind of what they did. They were just like, you know what? She puts off a wonderful sad face. <laughs> we, just gotta, we just gotta close up on her. She can cry on command. Let's let's fucking go. And they didn't think about any action sequence for her poor girl. You know what I mean? But um, again, she doesn't piss me off, piss me off. But I understand all your complaints. I really, really do. Like I, she's like dressing, you know. Uh, but I get it. I get it. Yeah. I just had to point that out. It just seems like like they saw. Yeah, it just seemed like they saw her again. And they were like, oh, we need that quality in this <laughs> in this kind of flat character. <laughs> but whatever. She certainly does it well, but she deserves a lot better. Um, I love Liv Tyler. I still like you, Liv. One more thing before we get to the end of, uh, like, get to the the finale of Helm's Deep. But like, another pre thing is uh, Aragorn with the kid that we saw. Oh yeah, you know, in, the beginning, in the first half. Because uh, it is it is that kid, right? Like, it's the kid that yeah. uh, his sister is screaming about the horse being too big, uh, uh-huh. and then their mom. You know, uh, I just love that this small these small moments. You know, calm before the storm of. 
uh, him, you know, just saying it's a good sword. Uh, before we bounce to the end, I want to talk briefly about the way Helm's Deep, because I know we, we, we chunked together Helm's Deep to talk about all at once because it's easier for conversation, but I really want to talk about the way it, it's edited together with mostly Merry and Pippin hanging out with Treebeard. Yeah. Um, because all the Frodo stuff, Frodo, Sam, and Gollum stuff really kind of bookends that whole sequence. Yeah. Um, and the way that they cut from downbeat to downbeat with um, the like the start of Helm's Deep and how scary and sad they are and the realization of like we're probably gonna all die and then we cut to Merry and Pippin uh, and Treebeard and they're all they're say they're doing their whole um, we they come to the realization that the Ents aren't going to help and that they're just going to get taken back to the Shire and that's probably going to spell doom for a good chunk of people um, and probably isn't great for the Shire. So you've got these two realizations of uh, failure staring people in the face back to back and then as the Deeping Wall is breached uh, and the, a further realization of, oh, fuck, we're all going to die. Like, we just lost this fight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's that's juxtaposed with the last march of the Ents, where it's a decision to go to our doom in an effort to do something, which then goes from there into uh, uh, Theoden and the rest of and pretty much the entire remaining Helm's Deep forces charging out to their doom in an attempt to do something. Yeah, and right, good. and and then right as they do that, Gandalf and the Rohirrim show up as mm-hmm. the Ents are breaching the dam. So they're edited to get it's edited together in like a mirror pattern to kind of like pull the viewer down and like enhance that fear and that trepidation and that anxiety to that. And then move towards acceptance, and then that triumphant swell is like, oh shit, we actually did it, and survived through the day. Like, I just think it's an extremely well edited sequence yeah. that is very hard to talk about in chronological order. But I had to, um, I had to call out the editing there because while I was watching it this time, I was with a critical eye. It's very much like, oh shit, this is rad. Yeah, man. Like, I'm glad you brought that up. And when people, again, I, Two Towers. Like, Two Towers is the one I lean to the most. I like them all. But what you're saying is pretty much why I love that fucking scene, man. When the ants breach that dam, dude, and it just starts washing through. Oh, it's the best, man. It, it just, it sells so much of why you're, like, watching this whole thing. Like, it yeah. makes Two Towers, like, stand on its own. Uh, that final edited sequence, the way that just collides with one another from the, the Rohirrin and Gandalf coming down that hill, cutting to the water. So like, it's perfect, dude. It's like, yeah, it's the best. It's one of the, it's, it's why it's why two towers, I think is, is super strong uh, and is a very super strong entry uh, with all three. You know, it's just super good, super good. Yeah. And even how it cuts in with like how Harrison said, the book ends of Frodo and Sam, like, yeah, it, that basically once Helm's Deep starts till the end is basically like you, you would be you could watch that and go like oh I get the theme of Lord of the Rings you know like I get uh, it, it it works uh, on itself or by itself and uh, I'm not I mean I adore Return of the King so I'm not saying we don't need it but like you could just watch that 45 hour sequence and just like be cool with it yeah I just realized 45 hours 45 hours <laughs> 
you know, I just realized, like, yeah, like, this stretch, this Helm's Deep stretch is the longest we go without seeing Sam and Frodo, right? And it's the best. Yeah, yeah like, I was going to ask you about not. it, Do you Allie? miss them for a second? <laughs> Do you miss them for a second? No. Actually, no. I'm okay with, like, me taking a break exactly. from them. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I'm I'm sounding like a bitter hater, but... No, no, you're not, obviously. I, I didn't miss you're- them. I didn't miss them. I wanted more of Helm's Deep. Yeah. So, like... I'm I'm a hundred percent with you on that, Allie. You don't miss them because they don't have anything to do in two towers. Like the way the book no, is the the way the book is structured, like they're done they're they're done with Sheila by the end of the book. Like they have so much more to do in two towers uh in the book than they do the movie, but then we get the flip side problem is they have like nothing to do for the back half of Return of the King in the book. So it's a matter of where do we want to put this dead time? That makes sense. Yeah, I know. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And yeah, because you need... Yeah, I mean, because... Yeah, it would have... Literally, if, if Shelob wasn't put into Return of the King, literally, that, there would be... No, nothing would happen in the first half of the movie for them. Yeah. Right. Or can even you, like... Can you imagine... <laughs> can you imagine this movie ending... Like, if, if it was structured the way the book was structured, like, this movie would end with the death of Saruman and Sir uh, Thungal. Yeah, no. Like, that would yeah. suck. No, it would be, yeah, it would, it would feel really random. It would feel out of nowhere. Like, it was yeah. just like, oh, okay. No. Uh, we have a four-hour movie to watch with what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a whole bunch of walking through rocks next. Like gross. <laughs> Do we know how long Helm's Deep the sequence is? I I, I should have timed I this. I timed up. it last rewatch, but I forgot. Yeah, because like yeah, I'm not hip to shit like that. I don't pay attention to things like I'm just, that. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm just like I, curious. I, I, I get it, but I don't care. Like I'm the, just like it could last for ten years. <laughs> the back. How long is Helm's Deep in the extended edition? Ellie's googling it right now. If I had to think, intercut Ash with. Jeeves. Intercut with with uh, Last March of the Ents, the back half of Two Towers on disc is about two hours. Cut 20 of that for credits. We're looking at an hour 40. I can easily see mm, 50 minutes all told. 50 with, minutes. Uh, wow. 50 minutes right. with with Ents and um, Helm's Deep itself. Like, those two together probably span about 40 minutes. See, because, like, it just... This, and again, perfect. Me saying perfect. It's a perfect sequence because I just felt it flew by. I felt like I blinked and it was like done. I was like, wow. <laughs> and and it mostly goes to what you were saying, Harrison, earlier about it being intercut with the Ents. Like, I love that little... I, those, those to me are like breathers. It's like we get to like a, a pivotal moment in the fight uh, in Helmsteep. Then we go back and we spend some time with the Ents. Then we go back to Helmsteep. Uh, if, if... I don't know. If there was anything else cutting into that, like Sam and Frodo stuff... I don't think it'd work as well because it knows the heart of what's important here is Helm's Deep. And to cut away to the ants, it's crucial too. But to add anything right. else in it would just, I think, drag it and it'd be too much. So, yeah. And, and the fact that structurally, not even just thematically, but structurally, the two mirror each other. Like both fights, both battle sequences are resolved by a wave crashing against the enemy, whether it be a wave of horses or a wave of water. By the way, I legitimately do not know how they did that effect of the dam breaking because water does not scale down. I do not know how they did it. Yeah. I've watched the appendices, and I still don't know how they did it. Uh, yeah, I have to rewatch the, the appendices, too, because like, yeah, there's some, there's some brilliant miniature work there. 
But yeah, like you said, like the water effect, I I do not know. I don't know. Water does not scale down, so I do like it. I I don't know how they did that much water. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense to me. We'll have to touch on that with the appendices uh, episode. We'll eventually do, like in three years. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. So, how much more Helmsteep is there to talk about? Like, what what have you missed, or can we get to the triumphant end of this? I just really like, and I'm I'm gonna talk about Legus. Legus, wow, wow. Fuck, we're sounding like we're off. off on us. Allie, uh, yeah, Allie, sound like me now. Ladyships, late ladyships, Longinus, and Gimli, like their interaction before the battle starts, where he's like asking him if he should get a box or whatever. Oh yeah, perfect. I love that. It's so good, and I like that you know they have that before like the total badassery of the fucking battle itself. I think it's like, again, comedic relief. And I really like that. Those are the little details that make this battle. My favorite battle. Yeah. Or the way uh, Aragorn and Gimli, you know, when they sneak, when they're sneaking over to the bridge, uh, you know, you have to toss me. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. The the Aragorn looking at him like, huh? It's just, and it's it's perfect. and it's such a great callback to the stairs in Moria because he specifically mm-hmm. says nobody tosses a dwarf yeah. to yes. Aragorn. <laughs> it's a callback. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that sequence is one of the best sequences ever. <laughs> I love that sequence. Ugh. Oh. That gap in the stairs. Ugh. The score <laughs> swelling. Ugh. The arrow is nearly missing. Ugh. It's like so good. <laughs> Hurts my brain. I wrote down a shield skateboard. Which I think we touched on briefly, Legolas going down the stairs yeah. with the shield. I love that moment. My my note my note on that, not to cut you off, Marcel, but my note on that. I don't give a fuck if Legolas goes crazy like that because his character is so well established beforehand. If he was a shitty ass character, I would be like mad at that corny shit. I would be. I'd be like <laughs> fuck him skating down the stairs. But dude, he can do it on his head for all I care. <laughs> after being so cool with Aragorn, and of course so cool eventually with Gimli. Like I love him. Period. So go go off, Legolas. Is my point. Like I don't care. I, yeah. Like I'm fine with the crazy shit he does in this trilogy. Oh yeah. Oh wait, is that? In, I know that's a tease I, to the Hobbit. I think trilogy. the garbage he does in fucking Battle of Five Armies is stupid and cringy. Like it's so dumb. But we'll talk about that in six weeks. <laughs> anyway, uh, but I think what earns the the, the skateboard is the way Howard, with him flipping it into the orc's chest. Like, that's the shit, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, you're skateboarding, but then you also use the fucking shield. It wasn't just like... Yeah, it's great. Okay. Yeah. We can go to the end now. Yes, let's go to the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were uh, talking about this before. Rocky had brought it up. The moment when Theoden is like, yeah, we're done for, guys. It's just... Uh, no, for first he's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's like, oh, we're, we're, we're fucking done. Uh, we're, it's, it's the end. Fuck the kids. I think that's a direct quote. Yeah, but uh, yeah. How you know? How do men stand against such reckless hate? Yeah, and then why does that feel? Why does that feel so timely? I don't know, but it's fine. I don't know. Fucking fascists! Goddamn Nazis! All right, and and then it's 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 Aragorn, right? Who who's like, hey, get it together, man. Let's ride out together. And yeah, that moment. Ah, it's first off. Okay, yes, it's ridiculous. It's like what a, a charge of like what like five ten horses go out to like thousands of of these of, of these orkai, but the fact it's yeah. the music, it's the fact that they're like this is it, 
like fuck everything else ah it's it's it should not work but it works so well gandalf's uh line coming back in to like you know look to the east on the fifth day the light pouring in through the window gimli blowing the horn fuck yes i mean you say it shouldn't work and that it's ridiculous but like to go back to the world war one trench stuff like this is literally going over the top like Uh, a bunch of fucking young men were forced to charge over trench walls and into no man's land directly into oncoming machine gun fire knowing they were going to die and knowing that it was kind of useless so it calls back to that but but like not not romanticizes it not in any way but it like they turn it into this triumphant thing of like we're charging out and then we are rewarded for our efforts by reinforcements coming in and clearing everything out so it's almost like pain like one could read it as like doing right by that yeah maybe no yeah absolutely like making up for like yeah because it's the it's the fantasy of it you know what the mm-hmm. what we'd like in an ideal world you know right. the the wizard and the horse dudes would show up yeah which which is like one major thematic problem i have with jackson's adaptation of lord of the rings is like it's very much like, hey, war is hell, but yo, these fights are dope, right? <laughs> like, you like watching this kind of shit. Like, it's cool. It's cool. And most of your it's big so heroes cool. are going to get out, and it's going to be fine. But, like, the books are very much like anti-war, anti-industrialism. Even when you're done with the war, you're not done with the actual fight, which is why the scouring of the Shire is there. And, right. like, that stuff is... Like, the, the anti-war sentiments and anti old school heroics are much more pronounced in the book mm-hmm. uh, while it is still extremely patriarchal and imperialist uh, which these movies do a good job of carrying forward and adapting uh, not necessarily reckoning with but just transcribing um, the, mo- the, the movies don't exactly hit home on that like hey war is bad maybe we shouldn't yeah. uh, it's like hey war is bad but like old school heroics are pretty alright Sometimes, unless Denethor tells you to do it, yeah. No, and and I I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with you, Harrison. But yeah, there are moments though when they say, "Hey, war is hell." Especially when is it? Uh, Haldir uh, gets it. It's like yeah, that, when that, when Haldir dies, Haldir that, and, that slow motion mm-hmm. shot of him looking at the bodies, and he's like f- fucking done. Like yeah, that and yeah. you yeah and. I really like that sequence because you can't tell which where the orcs start and the elves end or where, what corpse like war will make meat of us all in the end kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, which is what Faramir says at the end of disc one. Um, and then he's dead before Aragorn can get there. Yeah. Which is like the quickness of it and just boom gone. Whereas return of the king kind of falls back on old school heroics uh, and Hollywood style death speeches and Shakespeare. It, it becomes more Shakespearean in uh, Return of the King as opposed to the outright um, modernist approach to World War One that Two Towers kind of represents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we've reached the end of Helm's Deep. Gandalf comes in 
so good. And finally. That, uh, <laughs> finally. I know, like, okay. Uh, I, I, I'm watching these uh, each, each time I watch uh, these movies now. I'm watching them in halves. Okay, so I'm not watching them complete uh, for all, from the beginning to end. So last night I watched this half on its own, and I just like, wait a second, where is Gandalf? And I was like, oh, that's right. He said he was going to go and you know do some shit, and then we don't see him for the longest time. And now, yeah, he comes in with uh, good old Car Orban, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And they come, they come riding, in, and again, hey, Howard Shore, you're doing great, buddy. <laughs> You're doing amazing. The best. <laughs> and Fucking best. If, if we haven't mentioned it, yes, yes, he's great. Yes, and yeah, the light coming in and just blinding the orakai. Beautiful, guys. I, uh, there's there's nothing wrong with it. There's not a single frame wrong with it. And again, he cuts off a head <laughs> at, at the bottom of the hill. There, Peter Jackson decapitates somebody, and I'm like, go off, Peter. <laughs> like, go off. <laughs> Keep cutting and those heads of off. The light, yeah, I miss I miss Andrew Lesney every goddamn day because he's just he the the cinematography in this is perfect throughout. Uh, I mean the way that it's like I noticed like oh this kind of, the sequence this whole half is like kind of gray and dark and we don't see any green and it's like but that's super on purpose like we don't see that green again until they get back to the Shire and so yeah I love everything about it yeah and that's it Dave. They've saved uh, Helm's Deep, uh, and thus the war. Thus the battle of Helm's Deep is over, but the war continues. All right. Mm-hmm. The battle for Middle Earth. Yes. Begins. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and hey, let's not forget about Sam and Frodo, and Gollum. Who? <laughs> Ali, have you forgotten who these characters this, are? <laughs> this scene of Gilead. Yeah, like kicks all the ass. Yeah. Does it? It's, it's I think so, it does. Yeah, no, no, it's good. It's it's really good because the whole like okay, the the pest gives his best speech like ever, and it's you can't help but just like be swept away by it. Like callback. Uh, I just really love how he goes off in that sequence, and it makes everything matter. And again, like when the when the dragons fly in, uh, right, Harrison? They're called dragons uh, when they fly in, and, like and it sells like how horrific they are because. You know, the Ahamkara are fucking bonkers. They come through and they just, like, screech, like, really loud. And there basically, you know, they basically, you know, sell the dread. So, I don't know. The last sequence totally works for me. I love it. I love the I love the fell beast showing up, uh, the screaming Nazgul. But then it's really that. That stuff's great. But it's, it's all, for me, it's the Frodo almost, you know, giving the ring to the Witch King. Um... Sam tackling him down the stairs, giving his story about the stories that really matter, uh, his speech about the stories that really matter. Uh, I mean, I I challenge you not to... I I fucking cry every time he says, he gets to the, uh, you know, there's good in this world, it's worth fighting for. I can't help it. Yeah, it's perfect. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah, so I I, want to ask Allie. Uh, I know we haven't seen. <laughs> I know we haven't seen Sam and Frodo right in a, in a while, but mm-hmm. I'm sure you can agree, though, to see them again and have this final moment because it, it it gets me every time. And this is my favorite. I think this might be my favorite Sam and Frodo moment. I think Sam is the best speech giver. Yeah. In these movies, for the most part. 
So, of course, I like those parts. It's just like... And it... I'm being an asshole, but it's not like I hate them. I just like... I've seen this movie so many fucking times. Like, I don't care to watch those parts again. I always care to watch the other parts again. So I just like, you know... No, you're fine. I think you're, you're, you're not saying they're bad or that they're, you no, hate they're them. Bad. Just, of course, yeah. it's, I think just, these movies are perfect from starting point to end point, like mm-hmm. perfect. And I wouldn't change a damn thing about them. But I just don't love those parts. Like I don't miss them when I'm watching something else. Whereas when I'm watching the Sam and Frodo stuff, I'm like, I'd really love to be somewhere else right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that, that happens anytime you rewatch something you love. I think like like yeah, whenever I reread books, it's like yeah, same thing happens. Like. All right, I can skip this chapter. Like I'm good. Like we said, so I, I get it. Touche. I uh, I don't need to you know watch the um, George R. Binks stuff in uh, episode one, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I could skip those. Yeah, you do. <laughs> All right. So yeah. It, okay. I think we've reached the end. We can get to last thoughts on the Two Towers Part Two. Um, I'll start with my last thoughts. Like I I, I love this last stretch of this movie. Um, Helm's Deep, especially. And then, yeah, that speech at the end by Sam, it always gets me. I, I, it's my favorite, I think, Sam moment in the entire trilogy. Um, and also that cliffhanger. We'll talk about that, too, as we go around the table. Um, when I saw it, I'm like, what the fuck's he talking about? Her? <laughs> or she? I, I, I had no idea. So it was a nice little like tease, because I didn't know where the story was going. So, yeah, no... I dig this second half, um, and it grows on me every time. So, yeah, those are my final thoughts on the Two Towers Part Two. Let's go around the table. Start with Harrison. All right. Yeah. Last thoughts on the second part of Two Towers. I think Two Towers ends. Uh, the back half is an ex- is much much stronger than the first. Uh, as I said last week, uh, the first half take I feel like it takes too long getting everything in position to where it needs to be. Like it's forty five minutes before I'm actually like locked in and ready to go. Whereas from here, uh, like I'm watching them in halves as well, so I was in it from the word go because like it just it starts off stronger. Helm's Deep is just much more engaging uh, than anything in that first half, uh, honestly. And the the fact that it's the editing is so good so so good but jumping back and forth between helm's deep and the ends um i do and i think sam's speech at the end about the stories that really matter um works a lot better than another recent speech about the importance of stories uh in pop culture um mostly because i think the source material is more focused on language and the actual conveyance of those stories um, which the source material, like every couple of pages, there's a song in Lord of the Rings, and Tolkien is so focused. Please stop tweeting here. Certain certain showrunners who used to do a show at HBO and are going to do another show about slavery. Uh, anyways, uh, mm-hmm. but no, the, the Tolkien is so interested in the in the sounds and the mechanics of a language that it makes sense that an adaptation of his work would stress the importance of stories, and it's. And they do it consistently throughout the the material. And I think Sam's speech at the end of this is a perfect encapsulation of like what makes these important. There you go. Um, Allie, what about Beautiful. you? Final thoughts? Um, well, again, like last time I said that 
this half introduces one of my favorite characters, which is Faramir, and I wish we would have spoken about him a little bit more, and I guess we will in Return of the King, because there's a lot to be said there. But, again, I think that Helm's Deep itself is such an important part of, like, just film history in general that I can't say that The Two Towers is, like, lesser than the other two, even though it's not my favorite. Um, I think talking about this with you guys and hearing Harrison's historical context and how much Rocky loves it really made me appreciate it a lot, a lot more than I did before. So thank you, boys. And also, um, <laughs> FYI, if nobody has seen this picture before, there's a picture on the internet of Eowyn and Faramir, like, at their wedding. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Mm, I mm, don't. No. Um, Just share that in the group no. chat. Oh, well, like yeah, in I'm canon, or are the actor and actress married? No, they're like in their okay. costumes. Okay, so in canon. Okay. So I'm gonna send it, but the reason I say that is because, like, I wish we would have gotten a little bit more Aelwyn and Fairmere action. Yes. You know, like, can we like we could have gotten rid of some Aaron Ward and Arwen stuff and put in some Eowyn and Faramir stuff because apparently when they're at um, Aragorn's wedding, they are there like also as a couple, but it's Yeah, they of- cut to them looking at each other longingly and it's a little, it doesn't really make like yeah, there's it's, like it's, they don't one, show them together before that. There's so. one, there's one scene in Extended Return of the King where they're like, "Ah, shit, we got to get to it." <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But anyway, I wish they would have like, you know, done something with that in this, or even in Return of the King. But whatever, beggars can't be choosers, I guess. Yeah, and we'll talk more about Faramir obviously in the next episode. But yeah, she, uh, Ali just shared that photo in the group chat it's like oh that is nice it's beautiful isn't it cute why, why couldn't there be a spinoff with these two I don't know um when we go to Sam Sam final thoughts uh yeah so I guess I'll just talk a little bit about uh this 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 uh cliffhanger with cause I think you guys all said exactly what I was thinking about this movie and so uh, I just love the any moment with Gollum and Spiegel bickering I live for. Uh, so I think it's a great tease. And I'm with you. I didn't know. Because uh, I, I think I read, I was like halfway through Two Towers by the time the movie came out because I was a very slow reader as a 12 year old. But uh, the, uh, so I didn't really know about Shelob yet. But like, it's just such a great tease of like, we'll let her do it uh, and just circus flexing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I love how every. All of these movies end. I think they're all end exactly the way they needed to. Yeah, there you go. Um, now, Rocky, final thoughts. Uh, I love it, you know, dearly. Like, I do. It's one of those things where um, I, I always like Peter Jackson. I always like what he was bringing to the table. But, man, I had no idea that he had a Helm's Deep battle sequence in him at mm-hmm. all. Like I, and I don't say that as like you know I'm a hater or like you know I just didn't never believed he can do it. I, it was shocking that he did it. They're like very very shocking, and it was one of those elevated uh, sequels to where like when you saw the first Spider-Man, you're like that was cool, and then Spidey Two came out, you're like Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? Like it, it was that I didn't know Raimi had that in him. Holy shit! Like it was one of those like moments for me. I was like I left Two Towers completely blown away, completely. Like I was more in love with these characters. 
I will always remember Helm's Deep forever. Uh, Andy Serkis forever. He's going off as Gollum. Had so many great sequences in this film alone. Um, it, and again, I, I have to echo what Sam said. It's like it's it's amazing how it ends because you just can't wait for that third chapter. You can't wait for it at all. It's like if that was what they brought to the table, what is Return of the King going to bring? Oh my God! And then you watch Return of the King and you're like, Jesus Christ, that <laughs> battle sequence. Like, and we'll get to that. It has my favorite King Theoden moment. It's like there's so many good things in that battle sequence so many good things but again two towers blew me away genuinely genuinely blew me away i was like i cannot believe peter jackson and his army of filmmakers made that happen cannot believe it out of fucking new zealand competing against so many effects houses in the states what the hell guys like it's so good it's so so good it aged well especially in the whole wake of you know we brought it up earlier but the whole game of thrones thing where they were you know bragging about this and that and the third and it's like well i think helm's deep is the shit you know like period yeah. like it's it's, it, it's way too good it's it's you're so involved with the character you're so involved with the emotion the score is clicking uh and i'm glad you also um pointed out how the, the bright bright moonlight bathed everything in blue it's not dark mm-hmm. like you can actually still see this nighttime fight and that's so goddamn important and there's a lot of sequences throughout lord of the rings where he is like shooting up close and a lot of the action sequences are a little rough and tumble the hand-to-hand stuff but all of the helm's deep shit is magic like it, and it adds up and again it's why i watch films it's so many wonderful shots stitched together to sell one incredible sequence and it completely worked completely aged well God damn, the ends are great. God damn, Gandalf showing up with that light is great. <laughs> e- everything about it is just fire. And it, it's always going to be there until the end of time. It's like one of those special things that will always matter. Like, period. Yeah. And, you know, Helm's Deep didn't uh, involve sending most of your um, minority cast into the meat grinder for a cool visual effect. <laughs> also, um, I know that a lot of people, when they were talking about, like, or making excuses for how fucking bad that episode of game of thrones looked they were like oh well they're supposed to you're not supposed to know what's going on because that's how war is it's chaotic and i'm like okay but like like rocky mentioned there are some scenes in lord of the rings that feel a little chaotic and like you can't really see what's going on but like it's still like you can you can see Mm -hmm. it you just don't know what's going on so it was just poorly executed in my opinion and honestly it's and it's so weird because everyone who was defending the Game of Thrones episode is not a Lord of the Rings fan. Like, it's actively not a Lord of the Rings fan. Interesting. As far as I know. So I, I defended that episode, but I... I, 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 I will not talk then. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, just, let's just keep going. Uh, but, like, I love the... Uh, I love how the... The haunting uh, song at the end, like how... Oh, yeah. It's perfect. Uh, who sings that? Who sings I that? I learned a fun fact that... Bjork was originally going to perform it, but she couldn't because uh, she got pregnant. Or she was like she's having some. Fuck. Well, she can't sing when she's and, pregnant. Uh, so they got another <laughs> another Icelandic uh, singer to step in. And I think I even heard that in the original credits, it still said Bjork in the at the end of the song, but then they later removed it. But uh, so that would have been interesting. But yeah, I I love that great. song. I do. I mean, I love. Because uh, each one ends like with a song like that, that just uh, the lyrics just kind of take you away. It's like, hey, you just enjoyed a three-hour movie in theaters or a four-hour movie at home, and it's like, hey, here's a nice, uh, lovely uh, song to to carry you home. So yeah, Gollum song, Gollum song. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, that does it. I can't wait to talk about Return of the King, a movie I was. I can't wait to watch it. That's my shit. Uh, a movie oh, I was so, so excited good. for. I saw it twice in a theater the day it opened. I don't think I've ever done that before oh. since then. Wow. The day it opened? The day it opened, I saw it twice. So it's, eight, so it's like seven hours in the theater? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, My butt hurts just thinking about it. Since Fury Road snuck up on everybody, it wasn't the day it opened, but I did that with Fury Road the first time I saw it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I Yeah, I'm still... What, one of my favorite movie-going experiences is seeing that opening day. And just the crowds, the uh, all, all the screens were sold out. It was that all that energy in that room. Ugh, Ugh. So good. Sorry, Jealous. Harrison. I forgot. She didn't see this in theaters. I'm sorry. I hate I'm you. Sorry. I hate I'm you. Sorry. I hate I you. I actually did get the opportunity to watch Return of the King in theaters because they did like a weird thing where they were screening them for some reason at the end of last year, at the beginning of this year. And I wasn't going to miss that shit, but it was literally just me and my brother in the fucking theater. So. What? the hell? I know. I was like... Those assholes in... I know. <laughs> it was an amazing experience. And it was the extended edition. Oh, Jesus. Oh, nice. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was dope. They did... Yeah. I remember they did a run... Uh, AMC did a back-to-back-to-back marathon of the extended editions leading up to the release of um, Unexpected Journey. Yeah. But I had school the next day, so I couldn't go. Damn. I'm yeah. sure they'll re-release... There's no way that they don't re-release these in the 20th anniversary that seemed i mean so in two years oh they didn't do yeah. it for the matrix so who knows yeah oh yeah yeah Fucking we'll see. i saw them all in theaters opening day and they never let me down every screening was the best people were like applauding and cheering it was the fucking shit like all three of these films on the big screen were great and uh seeing it uh the first two with my folks was actually something very special too uh they, they loved them too so as a family unit you know we were just like this is great this is so great. <laughs> and then I saw Return of the King like opening day in theaters when I was like in Austin. And I was just like, dude, fucking A, man. Like, these movies are fantastic. Folks listening, make sure to grab your extended edition copies of Return of the King and join us for part one of that movie in the next episode. And we'll close out with our famous catchphrase, right, guys? Hey, keep. Do not give in to astonishment. Go helm steep in those guts. Bye. <laughs> You can follow me at sick underscore underscore six six or more salacious content over at the blur bitch underscore underscore. And you can listen to my podcast sequels S E E Q U E L S through Talk Film Society or anywhere you hear your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Sam Shot First, and I'm the host of Talk Film Society's Keanu Reeves Retrospective Podcast, Keanu Believe It, which is also on Twitter at Keanu Believe It. You can follow me on Twitter at play underscore champion. And I also host a Disney podcast called Dream a Little Deeper. Follow me on Twitter, Rocky Warrants, R-O-C-K-I-E-W-A-R-A-N-T-Z. And because of this uh, gross pandemic, I've been doing a whole bunch of gaming. So I'm also on Twitch. So Rock Agus on Twitch, if you want to watch me game and come hang out. And you can follow me on Twitter at Marcelo J. Pico. And you can follow Talk From Society at Talk From SOC. Go to our website talkfilmsociety.com listen to our other podcasts read our articles and if you want to hear bonus episodes of this show and others go to patreon.com slash talkfilmsociety thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode where we cover part one of the lord of the rings the return of the king